Welcome to the Sadler Lectures podcast. Responding to popular demand, I'm converting my philosophy videos into sound files you can listen to anywhere you can take an MP3. If you like what you hear and want to support my work, go to patreon.com sadler. I hope you enjoy this lecture. In his Life of Aristippus, located in Book 6 of his Lives of the Philosopher, Diogenes Laertes is going to give us a summary of the doctrines of Aristippus and his Cyrenaic school. And he tells us quite a few things that have to do with the sage or the wise person and with several other things that we typically see associated with the sage or wise person in the various schools of ancient philosophy, namely virtue and happiness. And there's a little bit less of a, let's call it, ironclad necessary connection between wisdom or sagehood and these other matters. There's a little bit of wiggle room, we might say. So the first thing to talk about is he reveals to us that they think there are sages, there are wise people. And this is a, you know, a genuine question in ancient philosophy. Are there people who we can say not only are, you know, very intelligent and wise, both in theoretical and practical manners, but also display this through how they live their life and what it is about their life that's different from other people that allows us to say, yeah, that person really really has it put together. And, you know, the Stoics quite famously coming later will say, you know, the sage is like a legendary phoenix, only one in every 500 years. Well, that's not the case for the Cyrenaics in part because their idea of sagehood is the benchmarks for it are a little bit lower. And so it's easier for people to make it into sagehood, you could say. And one of the doctrines that really illustrates this is that they do not accept the idea that every wise person, every sage, lives pleasantly, heideos zane, and every foolish person painfully. So, you know, typically what schools would say is, you know, the sages, whatever it is that's best, they get it. And then foolish people at the opposite, whatever's worse, they get it, right? And Aristippus and the Cyrenaics are saying, nah, that's only for the most part, or that's a general thing that we can say. Katatopleistone in Greek, for the most part, is another way of translating that, right? So if you do live in a wise way, you're probably more likely to live a pleasant life, but there's no complete guarantees in stupid people, fools, obstinate people, people who believe in misinformation. Every once in a while, they get lucky. And so, you know, there's an acknowledgement of the role that what the ancients called fortune plays in our happiness or our pleasure. As we're going to see, happiness and pleasure aren't exactly the same thing for the Cyrenaics. And then they go on to discuss some of the things that typically are associated with sages, namely prudence or practical wisdom, virtue, and friendship. So they say that prudence is a good thing, but desirable not in itself, 
but on account of its consequences, what it brings to us, the things literally that come out of it, that develop out of it. And what would that be? Running your life in a decent way. And we can look at Aristippus himself as an example of that. You can pursue pleasures, don't allow pleasures to master you. That's one prime example. Being confident in whatever situation he winds up, which he says is a product of philosophy. And, and we could talk about other things. We could look at the choices that Aristippus makes, the selections and the things that he looks down upon as we've talked about elsewhere. What about virtue? So typically in ancient philosophy, virtue, arete, excellence, is viewed as something quite important. The Cyrenaics, once again, have a different sort of viewpoint on it. He says that, for example, some of the virtues are found even in the foolish. You know, so a stupid person, a foolish person, they're not going to be wise, obviously, but, you know, they might be just because they just, they do the right thing when they're supposed to, even though they're not quite sure why they're supposed to be doing it. They could be temperate. They could be, to some degree, courageous, right? It's not just the wise for whom this is a possibility. And they also say something else quite interesting about virtue. Bodily training, tains somatikin escasing contributes to developing virtue, right? So it's not that going to the gym is going to automatically make you virtuous, but some bodily training, some training of the body, particularly in relation to its pleasures and pains, is important. Friendship, something that's quite good in life. They say that friendship is good, but we make friends from interested motives. We make friends because they're going to help us out. They're going to contribute to our pleasure or help us to avoid certain pain. So friendship is not a good in itself for the Cyrenaic sage either. And you could extend that to relationships in general. There's a few other things that are said very interesting about the sage from the perspective of this school. So they will feel pain. And the term there is actually lupus thigh, which is, you know, the term that we usually see for pain. Uh, the Cyrenaics, at least in this summary, use a couple other terms. The ponon, which is, you know, toil or work, algae, pain in other respects, but they're going to feel pain and they're also going to feel fear, uh, phobis thigh. And why? Because these are natural to human beings. Fusikos is how they'll feel them, which is as human beings that have bodies, that have certain instincts that respond to things. But there's a very important distinction that's drawn here. There are some things. Now, the translation here is a little bit misleading. It says that they will not give way to envy or love or superstition. It literally says they won't feel envy, meta phonesein, uh, nor will they feel, we could call it love, erotic desire, meta eras thesesthai, nor will they be subject to superstition. All of these are verbs. They won't fall into it. They won't even like go a little ways into it. And why not? Because each of these is based on something that the sage is going to avoid. And this is where philosophy can be helpful. They're based on empty opinion, kenodokse. This is a, another term that's used 
used quite often by other schools of ancient philosophy, including the other main hedonist school, the Epicureans, who say that all sorts of foolish desires that we have are based on similarly empty opinion. So the sage is going to, you know, kind of have their head on straight. Another thing that they say that I think is quite important here is that progress procope is possible or attainable in philosophy. And they say in philosophia, right? And in other matters. So Prokopen, progress, this is something that gets discussed quite a bit in ancient virtue ethics. How do we make progress? What does progress actually look like? Some denied that progress could be made. This school says, oh, you can make progress all the time. So maybe you're only half a sage at this point. You can't screw up a lot of the time, but you're, you're making progress, right? So that's a possibility. And again, we could look at the model that is presented by Aristotle as something that would be perhaps an ideal to strive for from the perspective of the Cyrenaics. The other thing that we really have to discuss is happiness or eudaimonia, which, you know, you can translate as other things besides happiness, fulfillment, living a good life, literally being of good spirit. But happiness is typically how we do translate it. And in ancient philosophy, this is what was conceived of in different ways by the different schools, but it was something that most ancient philosophers thought we ought to aim at. And they conceptualize this in terms of the end, the telos, the thing that we're aiming at. Sometimes they also use the word scopos, the thing that literally we have our eye on that we're aiming at, like a bullseye and a target. And the good, to agathon, the thing that is good for us. And interestingly, the Cyrenaics, they make a distinction here. It's not happiness that's the good. It's not happiness that's the end. It's particular pleasures. Particular, and the word there that's being translated literally means a part or, you know, something that fits into something else as well. And there's a couple different ways in which it gets formulated here. Kata tomeros hedonen, pleasure that is in relation to a part. Or merikein hedonein, right? The uh, same sort of term there. Meros means part compared to a holos, a whole. And so happiness is the whole and all the different pleasures that we feel are parts. And this does tie in with the notion of the sage. Back in that section where they're talking about the uh, wise person, there's this doctrine, it is sufficient even if we enjoy but each single pleasure as it comes. In the present, we should not focus so much on the future, not worry so much about the past. We should think about the pleasures that we can enjoy in the here and now. And we see that with Aristippus, it's said about him that whatever situation he's in, he's looking for the pleasure that he can find right there and not worrying about doing things that are conduced to pleasures down the line. Now, happiness, eudaimonia, is talked about as being a sum total. And it's a very interesting term that's used here. You know, this arithmetic notion does fit in given the other things that are being said, but the literal word is sustema, a network, a system, if you want to translate it very literally, a sum total of the particular pleasures. So the happiness that we enjoy in our life is in fact the 
organization of the different pleasures that we feel. And he goes on to say that the Cyrenaics, they total up sun arithmunta. Now that is a mathematical word, right? Arithmunta, they, you could say they, they enumerate and they enumerate together the sun, the past and future pleasures, as well as the pleasures of the present. So you've got on the one hand, the present and the present doesn't have to be just the present moment. I mean, you could be enjoying a candy bar for a couple minutes, right? You could enjoy sexual activity for an entire night. You could enjoy, he talks about pleasures like taking pride in your country. Yeah, you could, that could last for quite a long time, a mental pleasure like that. So the present isn't just this little tiny moment right here, but there is like a present. <laughs> I am currently 52 years old. I had many, many pleasures back as a teenager and in my 20s. Those are definitely past, right? I can remember uh, going to a party and, you know, drinking beer and talking with people, having a great conversation or doing headbanging to the metal music that was new at the time. That's all past. I can do similar stuff in the present. I can go to a show now and see old rockers rocking out in a crowd full of mostly old people as well. And that's a present pleasure, right? And that's what I can enjoy right now. So you've got present pleasures and then you've got this vague conception of happiness, right? And the Cyrenaics are saying, um, go for the present pleasures. They go so far as to say that the happiness, this sum total or whatever we want to call it, is desirable, hairete, something that you would choose, not for its own sake, but for the sake of the particular pleasures. This is a, a big reversal in comparison to how a lot of other schools view the good, the end, happiness. And the last thing that's important to bring up here is that the effort to try to be happy in this respect can sometimes be counterproductive. So, you know, there's this discussion of pleasures sometimes being of a painful nature. The, you know, the things that are productive of certain pleasures often are of a painful nature, the very opposite of pleasure. So to accumulate the pleasures which are productive of happiness, right, the things that we total up into happiness seems to be, this is a good translation, an irksome business. Dus kolotaton. This is a superlative, the most irksome, the most pain in the rear kind of thing that we have to do. So, you know, maybe we should not try so hard to be happy, according to the Cyrenaics, in this very expansive sense. And we should just try to be happy with maybe a lowercase h by enjoying the pleasures that we can obtain easily and enjoy in the present. And that is what the wise person's life for the Cyrenaics is going to look like. Special thanks to all of my Patreon supporters for making this podcast possible. You can find me on Twitter at Philosopher70, on YouTube at the Gregory B. Sadler channel, and on Facebook on the Gregory B. Sadler page. Once again, to support my work, go to patreon.com Sadler. Above all, keep studying these great philosophical works.